Bootsclean Podcast. Real talk. What up, what up, y'all? It's your boy Boots Green. We back again. You know how we do. We always got somebody that's that's special, somebody that's close to me, you know, and somebody that's in the game. But um, let's give a huge round of applause to my brother from another mother, Thomas Pritchin, y'all. Woo! <laughs> What's up, bro? What up, man? You good? Shit, chill. Yeah, I'm good. Mm-hmm. I know. Listen, God is good, bro. Um, <laughs> hey, man. Well, no, let's, let's, let's get right into it, man. So... Um, I guess for people who don't really know you, you know what I'm saying, like, like if you can give them a, a small little background where you come from and, you know, all, all that you've done and all that you do. Well, um, I am from California, mm-hmm. and um, I grew up playing in church. And yep, just like me. <laughs> I've been playing since, I guess, a really young age. Okay. Um, and I guess, you know, I grew up with a lot of, a lot of musicians that are, like, you know, been super influential mm-hmm. um, over the time, you know, as far as, like, gospel chops and, like, the whole R&B and gospel circuit. Right, right. And then I've just been around playing, doing my thing, playing all styles of music and trying to inspire people as much as possible. And you definitely inspire you know, me. my thing. <laughs> you inspire you know me. I mean? Believe that, bro. That's <laughs> real. Like, that's not, I'm, I ain't even saying that because, you know, we be brothers and we on here. This is, like... This is real talk. I remember uh, Man Man introduced me to you, and shout out to Man Man, of course, but I remember he introduced me to you, and it was just like, yo, I ain't never hear nobody approach the way you approach, because especially on the West Coast, you know what I'm saying? So it was dope to hear somebody on a whole different coast play with that rawness, you know what I'm saying? So like, yeah. I, I promise you, brother, you guarantee, you, you listen, you're, you're inspiring, <laughs> niggas. Don't believe that, believe that, bro. Thank you. But, um, so, so, I mean, so tell me, like, as far as, like, the, uh, you know, the whole playing in church, of course, a lot of us came from that. What made you want to really get into, like, jazz and, like, fusion and to rock and, like, you know, hip-hop and all that? Oh, uh, well, when I was, when I grew up in church, it was like, my grandmother, we used to have this thing where if we didn't go to church, we couldn't really do nothing. <laughs> so we go to church, <laughs> we go to church all the time. And then um, I was in, like, a gospel choir that used to travel around. Mm-hmm. We used to go to, like, GMWA. Right, right, right. And, um... I just just remember just meeting a you know a lot of different drummers from all over the coast. So I was um, all over, not just the coast, but all over the country is what I meant. And so I would meet people in the East Coast and you know other drummers in California since California's so big. And then we just kind of like all connected, right? Super young age, you know, not just drummers, you know, keyboard players and bass players also, but we would just give each other like you know, people to learn from our videos, our music CDs and VHSs. Right, right. And, uh, you know, as, as the quest for learning, you just, you know, have no choice but to dive outside of people who play the similar style of you. So mm-hmm. we would go check out like Dennis Chambers and Dave Weckl and OG, Vinny right. Caliuta. Yeah. yeah, we were just checking out people who weren't necessarily inspired by church you know or maybe they didn't mm. go to church maybe they were like fusion drummers yeah and we would take those fills to church and that's then yeah that's the truth yeah <laughs> yep. and then after out of out of nowhere it was like i just was trying to get into so many different styles my grandmother would put me in you know school for music and they would play like jazz or classical and then I would take lessons from drummers that weren't from the same circuit. So my, my, um, I guess I was getting so many different genres 
of music so fast mm-hmm. that I was I had no choice but to like want to learn, yeah. you know, these different styles from other people. So it made me gravitate towards, you know, you know, even rock. Like rock, I, I learned a lot of the rock stuff just because I was skateboarding. Like I was skateboarding at 13. I never like, that, where I live. <laughs> so like all the people who, um, you know, people who skateboard, you know, they was listening to Suicidal Tendencies and they was listening to Living Color or No Effects yeah. and all the punk bands. So I would go to church and I would be listening to like John P. Key and like Donald Lawrence and Hezekiah Walker, all the mm-hmm. big records at the time. Right. And then I would also get my rock school by, you know, after school skateboarding when I was in middle school or mm-hmm. like, you know, being in a jazz band. Those guys would be like, you need to learn about Jeff Payne Watts or Elvis. Right, right. <laughs> so I was learning about like Liddell and like Coon and mm-hmm. um, like uh, I can't even think of everybody. Um, what's the name? Played on the Donald Lawrence records. Ooh, I, can't, uh, I can't forget. I, it's too many people, man. I'm about to say, it's a lot, um, it's a lot of cash, <laughs> I can't think. Why is his name? Come on, yeah, help, so, him, help him, Lord. Charles Haynes? No, it's not Charles <laughs> <laughs> Fishing. Fishing for names. It's bro, so many people, bro. I weed, bro. I swear to God. Ain't so, no, you yeah. don't. Ain't no, ain't no, ain't no, you good. <laughs> but yeah, I can't think of everybody's names. But I was so in, you know, listening to Joel Smith also. And then, you know, when in GMWA, you would hear, you know, musicians that weren't necessarily on all the major records so I got to learn about like Aaron Spears mm-hmm. um, Aaron. and then you know Eric Tribbett would come through OG mm-hmm. um, and play that's from Philly I know you know him and then uh, you know and then I was highly influenced by Jamie Gamble wow you know that's what dope. I mean Jamie yeah. Gamble was like you know from LA and he used to come and he just had it like a super just super so much flavor you know what I mean uh-huh. and then you know you know, all of us was also like hella fucking influenced by Mission Condition. Of course. So Chris Dave. Used to love Stokely and right. Chris. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I was just soaking up all the game from all the people who was just like in my circuit. Mm-hmm. But I also was trying to soak up game from people that necessarily wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I had I a I had a drum I had a drum teacher here, his name was um Alfredo Ray's senior. And he was like, he's, I think he's now in his 80s. Okay. But he's from Cuba. And um, so he would have like Giovanni come to his house and Horacio would come to his house. And he lived like 20 minutes, 30 minutes away from me. So I was getting to learn about the Latin world, the rock world from wow. skating, the church world, because my grandmother made me go to church all the time. <laughs> and then I was, you know, watching like Dennis Chambers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's crazy, yo. That's a lot of, damn. That's crazy, so like, yo, like you understand, bro. Like, to know you is 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 one thing, you know what I'm saying? Like, to know of you and to know you, like that that's that's one thing. But to know your history, like where you really acquired your music and, and, and your and your uh, your lessons and your teachings and like the inspirations, bro. Like, I ain't gonna hold you. Like, this is dope, man. Like, this is why I love doing this. I, I get to find out shit I never knew. Real talk. Yeah, man. You know what I mean? So 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 with all right, understanding that. You basically acquired a lot of this music. Uh, some of you may know, some of you may not know, but you you, you got a Grammy, right? Yeah. God is great, cause everybody won Grammys. <laughs> we all we all won Grammys and a, and a, and a white picket yeah. fence. But but like, 
tell me, bro, what? How did that really feel getting that Grammy? And who was who'd you get that Grammy with? Just in case they don't know. Um, I got. I got the Grammy with, um, I ended up winning a Grammy with the Mars Volta. We won Best Rock Performance for a song named Wax that I played on the Bedlam record. Okay. But um, I went to the Grammys before, and we were nominated, not as the Mars Volta, but I was I was nominated with Christian Scott for Rewind That. Mm-hmm. Um, before, before we, um, before I ever got into Mars Volta. And so, like, when that happened with Rewind That, to me... Like I mean, when that when we when we first made that record, we made a record before that wasn't released on a major label, mm-hmm. but it had certain certain a similar similar vibe, right. a couple of the same songs, and that was a that was a record we released when we was at Berkeley School of Music, and so people around Berkeley was just like we was killing it at Berkeley, mm-hmm. like you know just yeah, doing gigs, and then after after he left. You know, after we left, we just started taking it on the road, and he got a deal. And so, after he, after we did rewind that, we got nominated for something at the Grammys, and I felt like we should have won it just because it's like at that time I didn't really like it was a it was a few records that was like jazz records that were playing a backbeat, mm-hmm. but you know it was like you know some you know like. Yellow Jacket was a little bit, you know, before us, but like kind of right. like enough before us that people weren't doing what they were doing. Exactly. And then RH RH Factor was doing their thing, but I don't know. I kind of feel like we was part of that whole culture of changing jazz to playing backbeats and putting funk beats to like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. jazz. And so also like was hella influenced by Will Kennedy also because he did do that. So a lot of the stuff, like a lot of my approach on the, Chris, the Christian Scott stuff is a lot like Will Kennedy approach to Yellow Jackets, in my opinion, because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I was super like listening to him a lot. And so like, so for me, it's like, I thought we were going to win then because it wasn't no other people coming out. It wasn't no Robert Glasper's and none right, of them. Right. They weren't doing that thing. Yeah. So I thought we were going to win. We did not win. So then when we, after I was in the Mars Volta, after I was in the Mars Volta and we did that record and the record came out, I remember the first night we listened to it, I was at a pizza spot listening to this shit in a car and I was like, this is insane. And Mm -hmm. I couldn't go, I couldn't listen through the whole record. Right. Because it was just too much. And then, and then we got nominated. Like we started touring more and it was crazy. And then we got nominated for a Grammy, and they did not want to go. They were like, we not going to that. We don't care about that shit. And they were, you know, the thing that I did like about them is they treated everything on some punk rock shit. Uh-huh. And I understood I understood that. But I also, you know, I worked with Keisha Cole real close when she first got her deal. Right. And so I understood I that. that you got to still play the game. So... Like, I respected what they were saying, but I was like, dude, if we nominated, we'd have a pretty good chance of winning this motherfucker. Right. And it was fucking, it was Molly Crew, Jethro Toll, um, us, and somebody else. Like, it had to be like, some some other hair metal band. And I'm like, we probably gonna win this shit. Yeah, yeah. And then we won. You know what I mean? Look at that. Come on, you better speak it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, it's just like, sometimes... Sometimes you just don't win when you you know you should win. Yeah. Like you know you like that was an undeniable thing right there. Like the the Christian Scott thing was like it was undeniable too. But he was such a young artist. Like 
the Mars Volta and then they had a little bit of press behind them. They were like, they were doing well. So to have a big record come out of nowhere with a new drummer, it was almost like, what the fuck? Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. I can understand that. And it's, it's crazy because I remember, bro, no, no lie, when you were playing that stuff, I didn't, I didn't know of them before you, of course, but when you were yeah. playing that music, it made me see two things. It made me see your versatility, one, and it made me also see how, you know, just being a thousand right now, like how the blacks, <laughs> how we bring the real soul even to rock. Because if you're going to be real, we were the first to start the rock. But at the same time, it's like the fact that you, you know, you remained you and you bought all of that that you acquired over the years and decades, like musically, you know what I'm saying? Like that's, that's, that's what that Grammy was. If you ask me, bro, like you, you, you deserve that. You know what I'm saying? And you well, knew it. The thing for me with the thing that I loved about what they did for me is like, they allow me, like sometimes bro, you be playing with people who like they, they have to like physically fight. They have to physically, emotionally, and every other way you can fucking fight for fucking attention. Yeah. So they just was like play, you know what I mean? Almost how like that's what I used to love about John P. Key, man. He he just lets the drummer play, yo. He, right. <laughs> he just like he be like play, bro. You know. Yeah. And they just let me play, and even it was times I didn't want to play like that, and they was like play. And so like for me, it was like you know I always approach, especially records. Um, I approach records from the place of like let's do some shit that people aren't doing. Yeah. Like if I go and go do a, if I'm going in the studio for a whole week to do a record with somebody, maybe I should bring this weird ass tom or this weird snare mm-hmm. or this weird cymbal or something that's gonna make this thing have a, a sound or maybe I need to change my drum setup a little bit or right, right. make it uncomfortable for myself that's, or maybe set up the full fucking drum set. You know what I mean? Like the full shit that you set up when you at your house, like. Yeah. Just yeah. switch it up a little bit and maybe it'll add some kind of spice, you know, some kind of like mm-hmm. so That's real. When I ca- when I came into the situation, I also understood that like uh, the rock the rock records at the time that was coming out, the drummers wasn't playing no fucking feels. Right. They was playing straight. And even if they was playing a bunch of metal bass drum shit, they wouldn't play any fields in the middle of it. It would, you know, it'd be super straight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so my, my mind is like, if I can go play, if I can have the sound that, you know, when people, a lot of people, when they think of music or they think of, you know, even like a fucking somebody who hires musicians, they'll go and they'll be like, I want a band. And then when they get the band, they'll be like, the band is too loud. <laughs> so That's it's so like, real. Yep. It's like people have their idea of what they want some shit to sound like, mm-hmm. but it's like almost like a fake. It's almost like a fake ass thought. So I know when people hear rock drums, they go, they, their mind goes to like three people. It goes to like John Bonham. Mm-hmm. It goes to like Black Sabbath. You know what I mean? Yeah. It might go into like Mitch Mitchell. You know a little bit of this, you know, Keith Moon. Like, it goes to these <laughs> okay. certain people that their mind is like, man, when I listen to, when I think of gospel drumming, I think of, you know, you got the you got the weirdos who don't know much who be like, I think of gospel chops video. You know what I mean? Right. But then, you got, you got, so I know these guys are thinking of these certain drummers. So I'm trying to, like, channel the sound that maybe a Mitch Mitchell is getting or a Buddy Miles 
or John Bonham. But I'm also trying to, like, how do I play my shit and still have this sound? Yeah, exactly. Incorporate you know your I mean? shit so into that, that shit. Right. So when I first got the gig, they wanted me to play a 14-inch fucking tom and a 16-inch floor tom, 24-inch bass drum. And I was like, bro, I'm not going to be able to play my shit the way I want to play my shit on that kit. Mm-hmm. It was a Mugwick stainless steel kit. Mm-hmm. And so we had to figure out a way to even incorporate my shit into this idea of what they think they want these drums to sound like. They want them to sound like John Bonham. So I'm like, how do I make DWs look like a vintage kit and sound like John Bonham and me be able to play my shit? Right. That's a lot of processing going on. That's why you start seeing me play 24-inch crashes. 18, 19 inch hi hat, 24 inch rise, because that's what they're playing. Yeah, that's real. You can't so get that. Had a get 26 that inch bass drum. Right. Exactly. So it's like, how do I, how do I come in this situation and and play my shit, but have this sound that they they think they fucking hear? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it was like a lot of mixture of that, and somehow that shit just turned out magical. Mm-hmm. That's crazy, bro. That, like on some real too. The the fact that you said that, you know, switching up the kit and, you know, putting yourself in that uncomfortable position. A lot of people are scared to do that shit because, you know, people. I get it. Like, you know, we human, and I I understand you fear you might mess up or something, or you might not please the artist or MD. But it's like that's I always tell people like, yo, you they called you. You know what I'm saying? Like they called you for a reason. Like they called you because you dope. So you gotta learn how to even be still, you know, yourself and be dope in another element. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I think that's that's a great point, bro, because a lot of people have been asking me that on the low. Like, yo, man, how do I how do I approach this gig and blah, blah, blah. And I'd be like, honestly, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Do you. But I mean, if you got to put yourself in that uncomfortable position, guess what? You're going to grow. Or, or actually, it's going to show you, you know, if you're if you're strong enough to keep going. Because if you, you know what I'm saying? If yeah. you bitch out, if you bitch up on it because it's something new and different, then you're not ready to be out here. And it has something to do with also, like, you knowing the artist. Like, you know, like, mm-hmm. sometimes, like, we would we would sit backstage and I would just let them just teach me about music. I would just let them play me shit. I'd be like, what is that? They'd be like, that's the Bad Brains. I'm like, what is that? That's <laughs> this. So they were, they were showing me, they were showing me music that I never heard. And like I also I'm like that guy who is like when I when I see people when I meet people out of the country or people anywhere and I hang out with them for any kind of time and I appreciate them, mm-hmm. I'll be like I'll give them my iPhone and I'll be like, write all the artists that you like. That's dope. That's really dope. So then yeah. like so then you like you know, you kinda have an idea the kind of music your partner listen to. Mm-hmm. Because it's kind of hard to map out and be yourself in a situation where you don't even know what people want. And that was a lot of the problem with the Marzota for me, is I didn't know what band I was in. I didn't know, I didn't know shit. Mm-hmm. So like the first couple months, the first few months, people were on the blogs killing me. Oh, he didn't play this like John Theodore. Wow. Blah, 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 blah. And then even now, I do gigs and motherfuckers give me like the limit, the most smallest amount of rehearsal time, and they be like, "Bro, you don't know, <laughs> you don't know all the songs." And so it's like, 
like luck they they were patient with me right you know they mm-hmm. were patient with me enough for me to get the shit together and figure out you know some correct small shit like it'd be like small oh man he hit it on the crash he didn't hit it on the snare like the album it's like like little shit that they would be nitpicking on but mostly on the internet yeah of course the internet and and then after like you know you kind of need to know and be comfortable and know what people want you know and i think a lot of times like for me i never they i never treated them like they were separate from me you know what i mean i have a hard time playing with artists that i feel like i have to separate myself from them like if i if I watch people who, you know, you know, I just watched a, a video where, you know, I hate to say it, but R. Kelly, where somebody was like, yeah, you couldn't even talk to, you couldn't talk to the dancers. Yep. So if you can't talk to the dancers, you definitely can't talk to R. Kelly. Right. So it's like, I can't do a gig like that because to me, it's like, who is anybody where I can't talk to them? It's right. like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> you know? So to me, I just I choose not to do that kind of work. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it just doesn't make. And a lot of times since I have chosen not to do it, it just people don't hit me up to do that type of shit. So I had never been in a situation where I couldn't at least talk to the talking. I don't treat them as like they're not me. I treat them as like when people say the artist, the artist is the band also. So it's like mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just a weird type of thought pattern. So they it never was like that. So. I would always be asking them to share with me, and I'd be trying to share, be like, listen to this shit, listen to this. You man, it, it's countless times I've been on a, a gig with a singer who had no, you know, no no traction in the church, and I would show them a singer from the church. And they, <laughs> it's been yeah. countless times. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? that's real. So, so I just, I try to like, you know, I just try to like, you know, share with people music and that's more helpful to know what they like. But sometimes that's the problem. You just don't even really know what they into. Mm-hmm. That's true, bro. That's very true. Or like going off somebody else's, you know, somebody else's like or somebody else's, uh, you know, acceptance of a song or whatever, or artist or whatever. Like people really don't know what they like. That's real. Yeah. That's true. And so, so, all right. So now it's funny you say that because what... This is a great segue into this next this next section, but like the industry of today, uh, as far as like you know the drum the, the the you know the drumming world and like how artists are treating musicians and how management are are treating musicians and MDs are treating musicians, like companies how companies are treating musicians, like I had a talk with a few friends and we had you know we had issues about this as far as like. Uh, a lot of people that are being acknowledged and no offense to them, whatever, do your thing. But at the same time, those people aren't really, really working as much as we are. Um, and, 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 you know, like they're getting the, the, the what? They're getting all of the, the videos, they're getting all of the whatever you want to call it, you know what I'm saying, from the company. But we get some free stuff, you know, and maybe, maybe a clinic, you know what I'm saying? But we don't really get the love that we think we should all get. Like, what do you really think about that, bro? Because a lot of us talk about that amongst each other. Um, I think I think a lot of it has to do with um, your relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, sometimes people, some people offer a service that they can't do themselves. Like, for I know some YouTubers that have like a million views, like a million hit, like a million subscribers, bro. Mm-hmm. But these people cannot play. Yeah, like if, yeah. if you sat next to them, they would be like, no, nah, I can't play like you. 
Yep. But they getting treated at the companies exactly like you. You be like, this is confusing. <laughs> so what's going on is that some people, like, like these companies are so like new to social media. Yeah. That they sometimes have have been known to, you know, basically give these YouTubers that are not good treatment that they don't necessarily. De- well, I wouldn't say they de- they don't deserve it. I would just say that in the past would not have been as soon as valuable. There you go. That's you what, what I mean. Yeah. So now it's like, you know, they value they value the guy with a million thousand subscribers because these companies want to figure out how they can get that many subscribers. Mm-hmm. So, exactly. um, and then so it, it in return it starts to be like, what is your worth to the company? Mm-hmm. Like, how worth it is it to to have this dude who yes he's on every gig, but that means that might mean he's worth more. He's worth a lot to the artist. Yeah. But how is he worth how is he worth anything to the drum company? If that guy is sitting behind a big ass screen playing with the gorillas, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's yeah. like nigga, like they can't see you. Exactly. So no matter how how many people, how many fans is coming to the gig, you're not really worth it to a drum company because not only don't they see a logo, but you got a gorilla drum drum head in the front with hella garbage, whatever they got on the stage where you can't see shit. You know what I mean? Then the, then the company's like, yeah, you play with that big-ass band, but, like, no one sees you. Right. First, a guy who has, you know, has a, you know, play, maybe plays in a regular band that isn't that huge, but they can do, you know, club cities and do it well. They can do New Orleans jazz. Mm-hmm. They could do all the festival circuits. They could do the whole hippie circuit. Right. And, you know, on average, they got 500 people at their show, 400 people at their show, but they get to see the drummer take a solo for three hours. Exactly. It helps, it helps, it helps them to sell their product and he deems to be more valuable as an endorsement asset than this guy who is playing in front of millions of people. Who can't, no one can see him. not seeing, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that makes sense. It's, it's, it's a it's a it's a push it's a it's a given it's a give and take because you know you don't want to give up things that are valuable and prideful about yourself like you don't want to be fucking selling out but at the same time if you want these people to do things for you it's like this balance of like give and take and a giving and how much you want to bend and how much you don't want to bend mm-hmm. but. That's I don't know. That's what I see. That's what I see more than anything. And I see a lot of nepotism. Mm. You know, you never know where you never know where people's relationship lies. You never know how long people have known each other, where they know each other from. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's a lot. It's a lot that goes into it. Mm-hmm. It's a whole lot, man. It's 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 actually great that you said that because I'm like, it made me kind of think as well because me and my uh, big brother Brian Moore, um, of course you know Brian, but we talked about like. You know the same situation as far as like you know how the companies kind of respect other people and disrespect other people well not mainly not more so disrespect but like don't show the respect that they kind of deserve you know what i'm saying and um i think that you really just made a good point as far as like understanding you know like being a being a drummer or you know playing for artists behind you know a, a curtain or in the pit or whatever like yeah you definitely not really an asset to the company we can't see you but they can only see you on instagram you know what I'm saying? Like posting it before the show or after. It's like, 
nobody really, you know, that's that's kind of old now. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah. Go, what you say? I mean, unless you can like figure out a way, like for me, like it's been, you know, it's like right now, Eric Moore has figured out a way to make himself be both. Mm-hmm. Like he can, like arrows. Arrows is a good get because yes, you could be in the front, but it's not all in the front. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So what he does is he does videos to counteract the fact that he is still also playing behind somebody and then he gives them content which is genius too there's multiple ways to do it mm-hmm. it's just it's just how much do you want to give yeah. like for me yeah. it's like you know for me it's like I've always I've always grown up in like a punk rock point of view like I've never like the moment I went to church and I dyed my hair blonde and dude would let me play I was over <laughs> it I was like so people can come as they are we got dudes dressed like women right we got dudes with purses and fucking nails and they toes out of shit niggas with fucking right. they got finger waves right niggas exactly. with makeup on make, hella fucking makeup on and shit and I'm wrong for dyeing my hair and you won't let me play the drums but these niggas is pre I was over yeah, it yep, yep. I was over it and That's so right. it's like for me, it's like I've always come from a punk rock point of view, so I've always been like, you know, everything I do matters. So I don't, there's certain things I won't do. Like, I won't set up my camera every night to play the drums. To show it, because to me, that action is weird. Like, the action is play the drums, turn into a, vide- a videographer, mm-hmm. edit that shit, link the music up, put a title, caption it, post it on the Instagram. And at that moment, I don't even remember what I did it for anymore because it wasn't for nothing real. It was like, yeah. I'm doing some, I'm going to do, this is what I do. I don't have to like all the time. It's like when somebody like take care of their kid on camera every time. It's like, bro, like if you're a parent and you love your kid, you it's going to be times where, is it ever going to be a time where the camera ain't on, bro? Right. <laughs> like to me, it's like weird. That's real so I won't ever, I won't ever do that you know what I mean but mm-hmm. like some people that's how they are and yeah. and a lot of the companies they need that kind of they need that's free advertisement for them exactly exactly they don't gotta do nothing bro they don't gotta set up one light they mm-hmm. don't gotta they don't gotta pay for they don't gotta pay for not one mix job they don't gotta pay for nothing you know what I mean you just yeah. gave them a video to fucking promote for mm-hmm. free that's real and so for me, you know, just because I have a good relationship with them, you know, I can pick and choose what things I get on. You know what I mean? So I don't have to look lame mm-hmm. or look like outside of myself. Yeah. But I mean, some people, that's just how they get down. I just don't get down like that. So for me, it's weird. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's all about picking and choosing how to make yourself marketable without losing your fucking integrity. Wow, that's big right there. Bing. That's a, that's big right there, bro. So some people will just give it up, bro. They don't care, and and like it, it makes it hard because you're like, damn, am I supposed to do it like that? Yeah. And then you like maybe, maybe it's to a degree. Maybe you could do more. You know what I mean? Maybe do more of this, a little less of that. Maybe less of this, more of that. But for me, I just try to like, you know, try to walk a fine line of how much cornball. Let me set up my camera before I do the gig type shit. You know what I mean? Because it starts to get weird. (laughs) (laughs) This cornball setup. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it just gets weird because there's so many actions. 
you know, it's like, you know, when I was young, I would do that, but I was I wasn't doing that to promote myself. I was doing that shit to see what I sound like. That's, yo, that's so real. That's so crazy, bro. Yup. Listen to yourself. These dudes is doing it for clout. Yeah. And then you be like, you be like, so you doing that for clout. And they be like, what do you mean clout? I'm like, what do you mean? What do you mean what do I mean clout? Right. What, <laughs> what do you mean what do I mean? What's the other reason you film yourself all day? Like, and then post it. Like, if you filmed it, these dudes is editing it. You know what I mean? They using one uh, video shoot for like, they spread it out for months. Mm -hmm. It's like, like, I don't know. I, I'm just, the punk rock in me. The punk rock in me, I, you know, now I'm starting to get to a point where I'm not as punk rock as I was, but mm -hmm. the punk rock in me ain't gonna allow me to do that every time. Maybe a couple times, but not every single time I set my drums up. Yeah, yeah, I understand <laughs> that. That's real. Cause you got, I mean, cause you, cause you, it, it does take you out your element though, man. Like, I can't hold you. Like when you, you know, you when you, when you want to play drums, you want to play drums. You know what I mean? Like when you know it's a gig tonight, you thinking about playing the damn drums. You're not worried, you shouldn't be worried about Oh man, let me let me set this this uh, 3D camera up or this this 360 camera and this GoPro over here. Like, it's I don't know. It, it just became a thing where now everybody has their own TV show. You know what I'm saying? And it's yeah. like it's cool, but at the same time, like you said, like if that's what you want to do, you know what I'm saying? If that's yeah, what you and it was different. It was different because we all didn't get to see our progress all the time. Exactly. Like I remember, I remember like. You know, Ronald will come to Ronald Bruno will come to town, and I couldn't wait to watch his full play because I knew he was gonna do some new shit. Exactly. I'm like, I want to see what this fool about to do. Exactly. Right. And then, so like, it was a it was a time where, you know, we would film each other, we would film ourselves, but I wasn't like Ronald. Let me show you this. Mm -hmm. You know, pre-internet, I wasn't like Ronald. Let me let me show you this new film. Like I would. But not like my whole practice routine. But like, like these dudes got long minutes of videos. Yeah, it's so a whole like, minute of yeah. So it's like no, I mean minutes, I mean hours of videos, bro. I'm just I'm being generous. Oh man. But like so it's it's like so for me I would it wasn't like I'm trying to hide what I was playing, mm -hmm. but I wasn't trying to give it up. Like we had the, you know the drum off. We had we had drum competitions. You know what I mean? So right. niggas wasn't trying to show everything. You could play because you want people to come to the show. You wanna you wanna have somebody something at GMWA that was sick that people ain't seen before. You don't just give it out on the internet. Right. But now, now everybody gives it out. And me saying how we didn't give it out makes me sound like an old head. Right. Because <laughs> <laughs> but old bitterly. <laughs> Yeah, but it's just like, I mean, to me, it's, it's real, bro. And so, like, now it's like this whole element of surprise, this whole element of, like, what is this dude going to do? Like, it just is over, man. You see these kids and you wait for them to play the field that you've seen on the Internet. Mm -hmm. You'd be like, let's get it. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I think it just, like, you know, it wears, like, I, I remember people in L.A., you know, it was a thing that I used to come up with that was called wearing out your newness. Mm -hmm. Like you come into LA and you be super new and no one knows you, and then after a while, everyone knows you and people are like, "Oh, what's up, bro?" Right, right, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's, not the, it's not the same as the first time they saw you, and so it's like to me, it's really difficult because it's like who, you know, the only drummers that I'm excited about is like six and seven. Mm -hmm. Everybody else 
got a thousand videos and you know how they play. Yeah. So it's That's so I don't know. I think I think it just took a little bit of the like the the excitement out of it. Like mm-hmm. the excitement of seeing a show. Like I don't know, man. You can watch everybody's show on the internet. I remember we could not watch a make edition show. You have to go there and you'll be tripping out. You'd be like, what the hell? Or exactly. or Vinnie Caliuta. You know, you have to go see him. Mm-hmm. And when you saw him, like, I don't know, some of these people, when you see them, it's so much better than a video, but they, it's just, they give you too much video. Yeah. You already know what to expect. You know what the drums is going to look like. And, and sound like all that. Yep. Sound like, That's you real. know who the tech is. Right. You know, <laughs> you know who the photographer is. Right. You know the you whole know, thing. You know too much. Yeah, yeah, you know too much. You know who the whole band is, like, months before people ever go on tour. Yeah. And I remember not knowing that. You'd be like, who is that? You know? Mm-hmm. But now you can easily look you can know. easily find it. Yeah, now it's it's a new day and age, man. And I just I don't know. Like I'm just gonna continue to be myself. Like if everybody wanna do that, they could do that. You know what I mean? I'm gonna continue to do what I do. Mm-hmm. But I mean that's that's how you've been winning, bro. Being you. Yeah. Like real talk. Like that's I mean, that's you know what I mean? Like a lot of people say that we you know, like we're similar when it comes to like being verbal and and, and uh, expressive. And that's because I think they don't understand that we're passionate about music. You know what I'm saying? Like, this ain't no, like, oh, we just want to play drums and make some money type shit. This is like, no, we started as babies. You know what I'm saying? Like, children. And we, you know, grew into, like, literally and physically loving music. So when we talk about it, that's why why you looked at as the old head or the, you know what I'm saying? Like, the the old head that's saying something. And people said that same to me. And I I was like, yo, listen, say what you want to say. The reality is... I'm here working. Like God has blessed me to work. So apparently, like I'm telling you all these things because I know what can, you know, w- basically what can keep you working, or it don't matter what changes in the industry. If you still abide by these rules musically, you're always going to work. But yeah, my my main my main thing is I just don't want to like I don't ever want to go out as you. I don't ever. I know it's never going to happen anyway, but I just never want you to be like, damn, this fool ain't here no more. Remember when he did that cornball last year, like play with Britney Spears? And you'd be like, like, I just don't. Or you remember when that fool did this cornball ass gig on TV and you go put all this dope shit and then you got me on TV just looking ridiculous. Like, mm-hmm. I'll be watching niggas on, uh, I'm sorry to say that word, but I'll be watching people, <laughs> I'll be watching people up there dancing with your favorite artist and never playing one note. That I know that is amazing musicians. I'm like, bro, you up there dancing with my favorite artist, bro, but you're not even playing one note on TV. Mm-hmm. It's just, a, it's just an L. It's just an L for the like the, the like for me because it's like I look at it like, bro, like all fame and all money, bro. That shit. Man. Sometimes you look stupid for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes right. you gotta look real stupid for the money, and I don't, I don't want you to be able to pull that up on YouTube. So I just. Mm. I just try to that's why I really try to maintain myself so people later on would be like that fool held himself with some dignity the same dignity that Prince had the same dignity that Jimmy had mm-hmm. like you never seen Jimi Hendrix up there playing with those corny artists like I mean right right you just never saw it bro and like we see people who are of that caliber 
people who are amazing musicians up there with people who they have no business. Those people shouldn't even be able to be around them, bro. Yeah. As a musician, them fools ain't even musicians. That's the thing. They're not and even you musicians. Up, and you, you up there with them, and you you kind of like co-signing them. Being being good corny. I don't know. <laughs> and so for me, it's like that's where I've always been. I just tried to like try to maintain my um, trying to play with dope people. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like I'm proud of the people I play with. Yeah. Like I think like a lot of people that I work with is some um, like the sickest, the sickest of the sickest, and I respect them. I would I would respect them if I never played drums. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, that's just the rule of the music that, that yeah the musicality they have. Like you, it's, it has to be respected. That's dope, bro. I'm really, I'm really, I'm really excited to hear that. You know, like you really have done all this in your career, man. Like you understand, bro. Like I know you. But I just this is crazy because I'm getting to know you more. Cause it's like, damn, this is how he really thinks. This is like my brother. Like, so this is good for me. I'm telling you, this is good for me. But if you don't mind, bro, please tell the people where they can find you. Uh, as far as you know, like you know the social media and all that stuff, whatever it is. Man, right now I'm on. Um, I'm on. I have a website. My website is thomasprigion.com. Mm-hmm. Right now I'm getting it together. It's it's up. It's up and running and functional, but we're still updating it. It's kind of like a coming soon under construction site. But I still got a store on there. Okay. Where you can buy a bunch of clothes. And I'm about to something. work with. I'm getting um, something, bro. I'm about to work with with um, distributing like certain drum items that I like that they don't sell in the store because I'm tired. Like what happens is Guitar Center owns such a big market in America that mm-hmm. they almost make the companies they almost make the companies in result make whatever they want. So since all the drums that they sell, like Guitar Center's drum set that sells the most is the Quest Love drum set. Mm-hmm. And, and Ludwig pretty much doesn't make any drum, any money off it. It's like a $500 kit. It costs almost $500 to make it. They make no money off it, but it's the highest selling kit. And the next ones that start going up start being like $800, $1,200. And then like the guys who can play, or, you know, have a decent amount of playing, they'll go from $1,400 to $1,800. Mm-hmm. So the market, the market of kits that I usually like to play are a little bit higher in price. And it makes all these items that are high-end items also get pushed down and they don't buy them. So, like, it's a lot of things I play from companies like Stack Percussion, like like shakers and rings, things that mount to the cymbals and yeah. snare. Um, the, 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 the snare muffles mm-hmm. that you see from BDF. Um, those guys, the Ballman Percussion little stack thing. Um, the clap stack. Like these these items that we are kind of making hot, mm-hmm. I want to be able to sell them on my site without like having to go through these companies. Like real talk, because it's this other stuff like the DW pedal. I got a I got a pedal plate that has no writing on it. It's just buffed out. Mm-hmm. And so that stuff I want to start selling. So I'm about to start selling some drum related gear. I also want to sell some drumsticks from some of the artists that like that we mess with that you cannot find in the stores. Mm-hmm. I know Tony Royster got a stick. I ain't never seen it in a store. Mm-hmm. I know Aaron Spears now has a stick. Um, who else got a stick? A lot of people got a stick. Yeah. But we never see them in the stores. We just see them online. You know, we see the we see a little font online and you go to the store, you like, you got the Teddy Campbell? They'd be like, what? 
Right. So I want to I want to sell those sticks online or like you know bass drum beaters. I remember Rick Latham had a bass drum beater that was crystal, mm-hmm. and I wanted to sell these kind of items online. And um, so my my website is developing. It's about to it's about to be sick. And I'm also on Facebook on Instagram. Sorry, Instagram is um, badass Thomas Pridgen. Mm-hmm. And then I'm on Twitter, kinda. And so I'm on all that shit, bro. I'm on YouTube, but I've been on Twitter I'm like, in a minute. Damn. Yeah, Twitter is um, Twitter is just a place where you go just to say nonsense. Yeah. Yep. That's why it's I can't do it. Yeah, I wanna. I wish I could. I wish, dude, in a perfect world, dude, I wouldn't be on any of that shit. Right, in a perfect world, right? Ain't that crazy? Wish you could be on there. That's so that's so real, bro. It's like so it's like one of those things, man. When I was in the Mars Volta, I did not have it. And mm-hmm. people used to be like, bro, you don't have a Facebook? And then this guy actually made mine. He made uh, my Instagram. I mean he made my Facebook and I ended up writing him. I was like, Who are you? And he was like, I'm from Australia, I'm a fan. I just thought you should have it. And he gave me my my Facebook. <laughs> That's really dope. That's, that's crazy, but that's still dope. But I wish he didn't, bro. He gave me the worst thing in life. Yep. He put you on. He put, <laughs> he put you. He put you a part of the Facebook matrix. Right. I was doing so good. Mm-hmm. But yeah. But y'all, y'all, yeah, y'all, y'all, y'all have to make sure you follow my brother, man. Please follow him because he always has something to say on his on his on his posts. He always has something positive, and he always has some real shit, and he also. Always had something musical, you know, musically on on his posts, and um, I think y'all like should really check him out because he's a realist just like I am, and he's got music coming out. It's always gonna be something coming from him. You know what I'm saying? So check out the website, follow him, and say what's up to him because he does respond. He's not he's not corny. You know what I'm saying? So don't be scared man. to say what's up to him. But <laughs> Thomas, man, I love you, bro. Seriously, man. Love Thank you for this. Um, I guess next time I see you, I guess we'll put one up in the air, brother. Alright bro You already know what that's about But yo Everybody Have a great day Have a great week We love you Peace Boots Green Podcast Real Talk